And hi guys, how's it going? As always, welcome to the latest episode of the Winning Edge podcast. I'm Rick. John, how are you, mate? I'm good, I'm good. I look a lot fucking warmer than you look right now in, in that coat inside your house. Fuck me, you boiler bro. Yeah. Yeah, I've not on I'm not being I'm not being tight with my heating near or anything, you know. It's just uh, yeah, it's abs- all of a sudden, you know, so much for me being smug the other week about like, yeah, hey, I'm setting the sun uh, and all true. this yeah, kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, well, the universe has paid me back uh, because, yeah, I, I've, I've just got uh, home to record this podcast. And we'll maybe talk about that in a minute as well. And now that, that's flipped the other way around. And my house is cold. So, yeah, I'm sat here, like, literally in, like, my walking coat, um, freezing, freezing. But Because, yeah, the weather's all of a sudden is just dropped in. It's freezing cold and all that. And you're there rocking the old sleeveless and all that kind of stuff, aren't you? Do not miss that. Do not miss that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in terms of like today's theme, we'll probably come to in a minute, but, but yeah, we'll kind of come to now, but I've got to give you a chance to have your rant first, maybe get this out of the way. But um, I'm at home today. Uh, You were at home on the last episode, uh, which we've now decided to scrub, haven't we? Because, um, you know, your Wi Fi is clearly as good as my heating. um, And, you know, it just didn't come out well, did it? Which is going to lead us to the theme of today. But then also, we then went to record the other day, and here comes the rant. And we were about to record the other day. What happened, my friend? So I, I got up in the morning, and I come downstairs to uh, jump in the car, stroke truck, to go to work. And obviously, it's not there. There's a big fucking empty space where my truck should be. So some fuckers have stolen my my brand new fucking truck. I've only had it two months, which was, was pretty frustrating. So, um, yeah, I mean, the fucking, the ironic thing was like, obviously, first of all, it's a big inconvenience, right? You fucking straight away, like, oh, fuck, who do I call first? I've got to call the insurance. Do I need to call the police? How does the police work? And even nowadays, like, fucking here, like, the police do nothing about anything in LA anymore. Like, it's all over the news that, like, most things they don't even deal with anymore. So you're like... Don't even need to go to the police. What's the fucking point? Well, get this. So I go to the police station because I need a I need a, a claim, uh, you know, a, a report number. Crime right? number, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crime number. So I'm stood in the queue and I'm the next person up. I go up and there's a few people behind me. So I'm I'm just explaining what happened to my truck, um, giving them all the details, whatever. And then the next window opens and this guy comes next to me and says yeah, I'd like to report my car stolen last night. I'm like, fucking hell. So I turn around, I'm like, what, you too? The guy's like, fucking yeah, like Chevy Suburban, it's another truck. And as I'm asking this guy next to me, two other people in the queue are both like, yeah, we're here for the same thing. So there was four of us in the police station Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time reporting trucks stolen that fucking night. So it's been a big, big thing. Now I've looked into and found out, like even the insurance company were not surprised. They're like, oh yeah, we've had quite a few of these recently so there's a big organized crime thing going on where they're stealing certain certain makes of cars and specifically trucks brand new trucks because mine was quite a specific one and they're not making them anymore so they're getting stolen shipped off to europe i believe and fucking sold so yeah pain in the arse and also they found out this way like american trucks they found a way of like use because everything's electric it's like technology's fucking great but it's also great for fucking thieves they create these things where basically just fucking you know electronic thing they rub it past the fucking handle of the car opens 
fucking drives off. So, so yeah, I might I might get offered your truck in a couple of weeks and someone wants to buy. Yeah. I mean, if you fucking see me. anyone driving around in a Ram TRX, which you don't fucking see many of in the UK, it might be mine. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's quite a mo- that's quite a moderate run compared to what you were doing before we press record, weren't you? So, fucking hell, yeah. I mean, I've can't, I've can't, it's been two weeks now. I've calmed down a little bit, apart from every time I get my rent in a car, which is a piece of shit. But <laughs> hopefully another week and I'll be like Oh dear, are you going to buy another truck? No, I'm a fuck. Although I've seen a really fucking nice one, I want, but I won't sleep at night because I I know that they're being targeted at the moment. If I put it outside the house again, I'm one of them. I can't work out whether if I'm an organized car thief and I've just stolen something really nice from an area that was clearly really easy to steal from, am I going to wait two or three weeks knowing that they're going to get the insurance and then go and see what the fuck has gone aboard yeah, now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That? yeah. <laughs> right? That's how my brain thinks. That's what I do. Or yeah. would you just not go back to the same area? I don't know. Me, I'm a little bit like, I think these guys will come and check in two or three weeks to see what I've got outside the house now. Wow. And potentially take that. So... There's a big, um, there's a big thing in London now about you can't get Range Rovers uh, insured anymore and stuff like that because right, it's okay. the exact same. They're just being targeted and they're being yeah. uh, stuck on a boat and going off to wherever they're going to and all that. And um, yeah, you know. But there we go. You, your poor truck is a goner. At least it's not your Lambo, eh? Yeah, true, true. I'd be fucking more devastated if it was that. But anyway, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll get it's only a fucking truck I'll get a new one it's funny mm. like the reactions are quite funny because fucking guys like oh no fucking hell like, like, like think my fucking dog had died or something like, like it's okay it's pissed me off but it's just a fucking truck I can get another one well it's like a man thing in it the truck until yeah. I get my new fucking insurance thing and then I'll be like oh fuck okay my insurance has gone up fucking three times but yeah anyway I mean I wasn't but laughing yeah, like, I wasn't laughing at you getting your truck stolen. I was laughing at your ranch just to put that out there, you know. Fucking so pissed. But anyway, here's what it is. Anyway, anyway, anyway. So, um, going back a little bit, I hope you're okay over the truck, mate. I hope you're okay. And, and you I'll know, be fine. Don't, don't worry. Bon, bon voyage to John Bond's truck, you know. <laughs> never never to be seen again. Um, let's move on from that, shall we? Um, so, we did record... And, uh, and and it didn't quite work out, Wi-Fi, connectivity, all that kind of stuff. So we've decided, because we've sort of done a, we've done a pretty good episode, haven't we, about um, how shit our predictions were for the Fury fight and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we, yeah, we sort of talked that through, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, look, my, my, my fucking fault with that, like, yeah, I, I should have known. I had a feeling my, my house Wi-Fi was not fucking great. And the problem with technology a lot of the time is, you know, the interesting thing doing doing these things, like I'm looking now doing this at work and me and you were like super fucking clear. But when I was recording, it was you that was unclear on the screen mm-hmm. and I looked fucking perfectly clear. So I'm thinking, well, we'll see how this works out. Sometimes it buffers itself out when it when it when I when I save it. And you were like at the end of the show was like that was fucking tough. Like you were blurry as fuck. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. I can't fucking mm-hmm. see that. So unfortunately sometimes with these things with technology you don't know until you till it's finished and you put the work in mm. and you know less learned that you're like fuck all that fucking it's, it's never a waste of time like because if nothing else we have a catch-up right but you yeah. put all that work and you the the, the the difficulty with anything live is you can't really redo it 
So if it's fucked, it's fucked. And then you've got to put more time and effort into either either try to re-record the same topic, which, you know, I'm pretty sure you're like me. I mean, I can't, I can't remember what we were really talking about a couple of weeks ago fully. So there's no way that's happening. So, yeah, sometimes these things get lost. Um, lesson with technology, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, when we started this, we talked about being natural anyway, didn't we? And sort of, we have we have subjects that we want to talk about, but we don't actually have a script per se, do we? We're just sort of going for it and ad-libbing and all that, you know? So is that even the right term? But anyway, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, don't know who I'm trying to be there, but anyway, you know. I know, that was a big word, Rick. I mean, come on, let's let's calm so let's down. Do, let's... let's do some ad-libbing, John, whatever the <laughs> fuck that means, you know, like... Making it up, mate. There you go. That's a better okay, one. Making it up. Manchester, yeah. yeah, yeah. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're not re-recording it, are we? We're just sort of going for it. We are where we are now. And that's that. But but the, there was, and it did sort of lend into today, really, that, that um, none of us are perfect. We all make mistakes. We're still learning. And, and you know, with that in mind, we're learning still as uh, coaches, business owners, and, and then we, we got talking about, like, oh, we've come up with the idea of discussing trends, haven't we, for this time yeah. of year and lessons that we've learned from the past that hopefully might be of value to, to those listening in. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think the, you know, running a business, and I think, you know, if I break it down, I know we, we sometimes kind of, you know, uh, I don't want really to use the term take the piss a little bit, but I kind of will, I guess. Yeah, we use the term business and it can mean many different things. But I mean, I'm going to take it right back to even just being like a freelance trainer in a gym, right? I don't really see that as running a business fully. I know I know you feel the same there. But the bottom line is you are you are running your own thing. You are in charge of you and you are in charge of the money you make. And I think from from that, we work with people that do that. We also work with people that run their own gyms and we have our own businesses as well. And, you know, learning how to actually look at seasonal trends and not even look at seasonal trends, fucking remember and have stats from one year to the other. I mean, I don't know what you was like when we were like back in the day working at LAPT and whatnot, but, you know, Christmas has always come around and we just fucking wing our way through it, really. If I if I look back, I you know there's different things I look back at now that maybe if I've been more organised and organisation and stats and being able to reflect and look back and planning advance your, your, the following year is is crucial for running a running a business. I think you know this is where you're working as a freelance trainer. Sometimes we do this as a real business because we the people that do that, including us back in the day, didn't really treat it like a real business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because we didn't. We just work week to week, month to month, and yeah, yeah, just graft you know, it. Yeah, you know, you know, Christmas is going to be quiet, but there's really zero planning around it. There's zero looking at, you know, is that a good time? You're looking back. One of the things I wish I'd done more of as a freelance trainer was just fucking taking Christmas off. Yeah, taking two weeks off, not fucking work, because mm-hmm. there was always a good reason back in the day then not to be off work you know if you if some of your clients were in just make a bit of money because it's an expensive time of year there's the fucking mm-hmm. issue you don't plan all year then it's an expensive time of year whether you're going out more often and you've got fucking presents to buy and all this shit and then all yeah. your clients disappear you've got four or five or half of them sort of still yeah i'll be training i'll be around the gym and you just think well i'll just keep i'll just work through plowing on yeah 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 
Yeah. And then before you know it, it's January and you're not going to take any time off then because everyone's back and it's busy. And you're a bit like, for me, I look back and I'm like, you know what? I should have just fucking cut my losses. And had I mm. planned Christmas time better, made money earlier, banked it, saved it and gone to my clients, look, whether you're here or not, I'm, I'm taking two weeks off. It's a good yeah. time to chill. It's a good time not to be around, you know, fucking work. Um, you know, give the clients that are sticking around a fucking program to do, let them train on their own. They're going to be fine anyway and get back on it. Whereas I was always too much like, yeah, if you're here, I'm here. That was my answer yeah. to everything. Yeah, if you're around, yeah. I'll be here. And I was always in the gym. I was going to go and train anyway. So that was my other excuse I told myself. Well, I'll be in working out anyway. So what time do you want to come in? I'll just, I'll back you on to the end of my own workout. And, and you end up realizing that actually, even though you're only in a few hours a day, much less, it's the whole psychological energy side of, well, I'm still working. Yeah. But I'm not really making any fucking money, so why not use that as, as time off? Why do not plan that better? And then, you know, I remember thinking these things at the time and being like, next year I'll do this differently. Next year comes around exactly the fucking same. Oh, shit, it's middle of December. And yeah. I've got no money and I'd better fucking so I'll just work through and we'll worry about it. Yeah. So personal tax in the UK is due at the end of January as well, isn't it? So it's just a yeah, it's like a it's a relentless couple of months, isn't it? You know, yeah. like like you say socializing, um buying presents, not as many clients in. Then you know, I think one of the worst ones then for people expect this boom of a month in January. But then yeah. if you've got a few clients who've perhaps extended their winter holidays and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's yeah. it can be come tight financially. You, you've essentially got, like you say, you've got to make that money earlier, haven't you, and bank it and not squander it. Yeah, January, I mean, I think January is probably the, the you know, not, not by days as such, but it's, it's the longest month of the year, right? Because you go into January 1st, you know, usually the most skin especially if you're a freelance kind of trainer, you've, you've not made much over Christmas, you've spent more, and now you're waiting for all your clients to come back, and then, like you say, they're like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll be back mid-jam, mid to end of jam. And different countries, uh, you know, do things a little bit differently. Like, you know, I always found January actually not that busy. I found mm -hmm. towards the end, last week of jam, things would pick up. You know, people, a lot of people paid mid-January, you know, they maybe got paid early. Because remember the UK yeah. used to do this where they pay you a bit early in December. Yeah, they still do that. So still do that. Free, right? Yeah. And then you wouldn't get paid till mid-January again. Fifth Mid-month seems to be a very popular date for for, 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 for no, businesses. No, no, no. What, what they do now is they pay mid-December, mid like the 20th. Try not to boot the camera there as well, you big beast. I don't think I didn't... <laughs> uh, don't think I missed that one there. You know what I mean? One of your big big biceps just smashing the camera and all that. But uh, they pay you about the 20th of December now. Uh, I mean, I have the same problem knocking the camera all the time, you know what I mean? But um, <laughs> but then but then you have to wait until the end of Jan. So yeah, um, yeah. a lot of people have to have like a six-week gap. So if you've, yeah. you know, if you've overspent, um, is it? Yeah, there is this thing that people are coming back in January. It's not always the case. I mean, what's it like in LA and Hong Kong or places like that? I mean... Sort of similar. I mean, Hong Kong's Hong Kong's a whole other animal, right? Because Hong Kong and the US, in fact, they're both different, but it's a bit flipped. So unlike, you know, uh, the UK and like, I guess, Australia, you go into the new year and you've just got this clear run to Easter, right? So it's, it's busy and everyone towards the end of Jan gets going and, and, you know, the gyms get busy, New Year's resolutions, all this sort of stuff. 
Hong Kong has obviously it's very westernized. So you have the normal New Year, but you also have Chinese New Year. So right. Chinese New Year is at a slightly different time each year, but it's usually around February at the latest early March, but it's usually in Feb. Mm-hmm. So just as things tip up for you know the normal New Year, everyone then fucks off for Chinese New Year. Chinese New Year is two weeks, right? So and like I like any culture, right? The Westerners like. Yeah, we're going away for Chinese New Year as well. <laughs> yeah, like, like, so it's not like the Westerners go, well, that's not our thing. We're back, we're training, we're doing our thing. Yeah. Everything yeah. shuts down, things go quiet. So people are like, I'm going to go away over Chinese New Year. So just as you get going for a couple of weeks of the busyness, dies off again. Then you have to get going again, and then you've got Easter. So the first kind of quarter or so in Hong Kong is, is fucking like this. It's, it's up and down. And you've got these small pockets of it getting busy, but not not like continuous, not four, five, six to eight weeks of continuous busyness, right? Mm-hmm. In the US, we kind of have that because you're getting just like um, the UK and kind of Australia, you know, we go right through from January, the next holiday is really Easter, but we've just had Thanksgiving. So we have the problem, as I was just discussing, that the, the last quarter of the year in the US is tough for gyms because things start to die down for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is just as big as Christmas over here. Everyone mm-hmm. goes away. Everyone goes and it's a massive time for going and visiting family. Mm-hmm. And Thanksgiving is usually the 20 around the 24th of November. So mid-November things start to quiet off. So November is a very tough month. And then just as you get through November, Clients start to come back, and we've just had an influx. It's been great, really. I mean, this week we've got a ton of consults in because people have just overeaten. They've just fucking done, you know, Thanksgiving, which is basically like Christmas fucking day. Um, and now, like, oh shit, I've got to get in shape. So we'll get an influx for a week or two. It'll go busy and be like fucking great, and then in a couple of weeks it'll die off for Christmas. So December's then a little fucked, and that's difficult. So we have to plan. I've had to really plan from sort of September onwards the back end of this year and what kind of offers and deals we're going to do for Thanksgiving, how we're maybe going to extend those through December and keep people engaged through sort of Christmas before hitting hopefully the, the mid Jan new year, new year's resolutions thing. So, you know, running businesses in different countries has different, yeah, different different problems at different times of the year, if you will, same problems, just different. Hong Kong, yeah. the new year is fucking hard work to get going. Uh, yeah. LA, back end of the year, we have these two things. So, um, the dynamic, I think, of, of gyms in particular, and maybe arguably health and fitness, is as in some ways, in many ways, it's still the same as twenty years ago when we were, you know, twenty odd years ago when we were first getting yeah. in longer, maybe. But then, in some ways, it, it's quite different now. You know, you've got like your combat elements to your gyms, but then. You post a lot of like transformation pics in in your gyms yeah. as well, so it seems to be sort of a kind of a two sort of clear sort of niches there. Um, but I remember personally, and and you know maybe that was where gyms were at at that time. But I remember, you know, we all when we first started out, we had we had quite a lot of rent to pay. You know, it was well over four hundred yeah, pounds yeah. a uh, yeah a month, and that was twenty odd years ago. You know, so that would equate to you know, three or four times that now. Oh, people are paying well over a thousand pounds in the UK. Yeah, I know some yeah. people are charging over yeah. a thousand. Um, and, and now just 
work. But I think one of the things that has improved, certainly in like the private sector where people own their own gyms, a bit like yours, is that you kind of get well known for something, you know. So you might be with yeah. the combat or the transformations or uh, there's this big high rocks event that people are, are doing and gyms are now yeah, putting out there. That, stuff, yeah. yeah, yeah, gyms are putting out there. We're a high rocks gym and all that. So, you know, if I want to take part in high rocks, then I'm then off, off I go, you know. And But I think for us back then, um, you know, you, you there was two types of gym. You've touched on this, the kind of gym where you had your upbringing, which was the spit and sawdust, metal plates, you know, bodybuilding, yeah. uh, hardcore gyms. And then the gym we worked at, LA Fitness, which we had great years at, didn't we? There's no question yeah. about that. But it started off very much like, you know, lines of treadmills, didn't it? Techno gym and yeah, all that yeah. kind of stuff. There wasn't much kit, you know, there was some dumbbells, uh, cable machine. We actually bought, if I remember rightly, we bought a squat rack, we bought a bloody yeah, chin yeah. bar. And, but, but we also... Certainly, I did. Maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I was under pressure to to pay rent, to make me money, yeah. to you know get. I wanted to move out of home and all that, so I would absolutely train anybody at that time, yeah. and yeah. and it wasn't that I would personality match with somebody and think, you know, are we going to gel and are we going to get along and am I going to be able to get the best out of that person? Are they are they are they going to like me or I'm going to like them? Uh, you know, do they want to fight, uh, be a boxer or, or, or be a bodybuilder, yeah. whatever? We just trained anybody. Whoever pays. Right? No, I mean, it's interesting you touch on that because, you know, I listen, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen and I, and I listen to a lot of, and I also look at a lot of newer trainers ish to the industry. You know, they'll post a lot of stuff on social media and they, they do talk, especially now because it's the way. The way you try and market yourself, they're talking like they're super busy. You know, they're talking like, oh, I've just got one spot left. If you I want to see you with this, someone's just cancelled. Um, you know, if anyone, I'm wants looking to take for five spot, men. I'm looking for five yeah, men. All this, shit, right? And you're like, fuck. Like, I, I don't think if you're working out of a public health club, let's say, I don't think times have changed that much. You know, I, mm -hmm. I still train in some of those places, so I see what goes on. I see the type of coaches and trainers in there. And look, I, I think a lot of these coaches are now better and more educated than they've ever been. Yeah, yeah. They're also educated in how to market themselves and all this sort of stuff. But this, well, you know, where these some of these young trainers are almost trying to teach and tell other trainers, you know, know your value, you know, only take on certain kind of clients, only do this, only do that. You're like, well, fuck me. Like, hang on. First of all, the gym doesn't give a fuck what time of the year it is for yeah. your for your rep. Like you just said, they don't give a shit that January all your clients, uh, sorry, December all your clients are away or whatever. So maybe let's give you a bit of a discount on rent. Summer's a little quiet. Let's make it cheaper yeah. for you then, so you're good. No different than getting a lease on a on a on a, on a building, right? This fucking building I lease doesn't give a shit whether it's busy or quiet time of year. It's like, no, that's, mm -hmm. that's how much pain, right? Uh, along with everything else, all your other bills are, all your other bills are not seasonal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> They're the fucking same every month. So all these sort of coaches and trainers out there, like you're talking about this stuff that you should definitely be sort of working your way towards. But the bottom line is you've got to get paid. And there's 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 an element of cutting your teeth a little bit. I think taking on the kind of clients we used to yeah. take on, me taught us a lot. Like there's a ton of clients yeah. that I look back that I've had 
and especially back in those days, you're like, I, I'm not sure if I care how much you offered me now to train you. I, I train you. <laughs> right? yeah. I'd be like, yeah, we've no, no but, we've no disrespect. Uh, we've no disrespect. No, no disrespect no. to those people, but it's like just different. Just different. Yeah. Um, and because some of them are fucking twats as well. Let's I'm, just throw that I'm, out there. Absolutely. I'm glad. I'm glad that I was worried you've been a bit nice there. That that wasn't you know you. I was like, you know me, John. Yeah. Um, and you know, I think you know, remembering those days, and I do vividly of sitting there doing a consult with someone and trying to sign them up and just taking obscene deals that I knew was gonna bite me in the ass. I remember yeah. guys sitting down and being like, you know, what if I give you this amount for like 50 sessions? And it's fuck all. But yeah. you're seeing the big number because you skin and yeah. you're like, okay. Look, I know that works out to a shitty hourly rate, but if you're going to give me yeah. front in cash now, yeah, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. You know, and two months later, you're still training this person, yeah. almost probably half your normal fucking rate, and you're just like, oh, this is now painful. I wish I'm not. And them fuckers, the and they're the fuckers who always try and tell you that you know when you go back to them and say, right, we've done our twenty, and they're like, no, we've only done sixteen, and you're like, no, we've yeah. done twenty. You end up doing even more for them bastards. Yeah, I'm yeah, on it now. Absolutely. I'm on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but I think you have to almost go through that a little bit because nothing yeah. pissed me off more. And I know you were the same, right? Than the fucking guys that did try to stick to their guns, right? Sitting there, not taking on clients, being like, well, I only want this kind of person. I only want that person. And then they're whinging to, to like me and you when we got into more sort of senior roles within yeah. the, the PT management stuff, going, oh, I'm a bit short for rent this month. And I'm like, well, you better take on some fucking work. And if yeah. someone's not willing to pay you what you think you're worth, then take less, earn money, pay your fucking bills. And yeah. when you get good and you get a reputation, maybe then you can start <laughs> turning, turning business down. Right? I only started turning <laughs> business down when I didn't fucking need it. I've never turned business down if I need it. Like, and, and again, I'm, I'm reminded even now it's the same stuff. You know, me and Daniel have conversations about, um, you know, deals that are, that are going on and, 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 you know, some client might come back and go, what if I give you this much for an extra bunch of sessions? And you're like, that's not really what we would normally do. But then I look at the month, I look at the time of year, we've got a deal on. Like, is that a dealer breaker? Do we take that now? Because that will cover mm. our ass this month. And then, yeah. you know, new business in the new year will we'll, we'll cover this. So we, you still end up doing some of these things, even when your business is at a point where it can turn turn that kind of thing down. There's certain times of the year where you've got to make, you've got to hit yeah. the numbers, right? It's and always it's not, a bit of a, bit of a negotiation, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah, every business is the same. I don't know what, what, what you know, if everybody was flying, no one would be doing fucking all the Black Friday sales, the fucking Cyber Monday sales, smashing a ton of stuff out. You know, I've bought, going back to the car scenario, I've bought a ton of cars right now. I know exactly when to go to the car dealer for a good deal. <laughs> I go on the last two days of the month, last day of the month when they haven't made their fulfillment. And yeah. I'm like, how much do you want for this again? And the Black Friday yeah. says, I'm like, well, I'll take it now for this much. And then, and then, they're yeah. right, then they go and speak to the manager and they come back and they're like, oh, the manager's been a bit, you know, we, we can only drop as low as this. Now, I fucking studied that car online for the last two to three months. So yeah. I know that once, once a um, dealership has had a car for over three months, they start to lose residual value. So if yeah. it says this is in the market for more than 90 days, I'm like, I'm in for a good deal. 
And then yeah. I'll go on the last day of the month. And then you're like, right, I'm going to get this at as probably close to bottom dollar as I can get it without them losing any money either because they now want to get rid of this. He wants his sales number. Manager needs to get rid of inventory. So, you know, these people that are like, no, I'm just sticking to my guns. Like, you've got to really be of a point at your business where it's it's making a ton of money. And I know businesses that, that are like this. Like I said, I know what car dealerships not to go to for that because mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. some that will just go, this much and they never drop their prices especially yeah. high-end stuff they're like doesn't matter it's this much someone will buy it i don't care whether it's now or in six months yeah but there's not many businesses out there like that and personal training businesses and personal trainers in my experience definitely don't run a business where they're charging that much money that they can just be like i only need x amount of clients and i can just yeah well i mean i mean some of them reason, some of them are charging what we were charging 20 years ago, you know, so... Exactly. You'll fucking discount if you need to pay your bills at the end of the day. I hate discounts, don't get me wrong, and, and anyone mm-hmm. that's worked in, around my business knows my stance on, on discounts. Um, and anyone that's been around my businesses over the last few years knows how much we charge. We charge a lot of money, but mm-hmm. we do run discounts at certain times of the year offers we tend to do much more add value offers nowadays than actual it's this much less we just give away extra things that add value to our program so our hourly rates actually not much cheaper but you're getting x y and z extra value there's there's other ways of doing it yeah yeah don't give away don't give away money don't give away time because both of them things mean you've got to work harder don't they you know so exactly you know, yeah. like I said, going back to some of the dumb deals I did working one-on-one out of the fucking health club, it was like, but again, it was needs most. It was like, you know, back in the day, we were like, well, do I take this money and eat and pay my bills? Yeah. Or, or, yeah. or do I sit there going, I'm not working for that. Like, you know, some some guys we used to work with were fucking practically unemployed. They just sat in the gym all day. They were doing that little work. Do you remember? Yeah, like, absolutely. Why did you even come here? You'd fucking come in here to do one session a fucking day. And I remember you going yeah. fucking like go and walk the floor, go and talk to people, go and give them your business card, go and do all this shit. And they just wouldn't do it. They just sat there waiting for business to come to them. And you're like, no, not how the world fucking works. That no, fucking no. dumb profile you've just put on the wall with all your fucking qualifications on. No one gives a shit. Yeah, weight weight loss expert, you know, toning and fucking shaping and all that shite that people used to write. You know, and and you're right, you know, you're right because our gym was in a basement, wasn't it? So, but to get to that basement gym, you'd sort of come in, you'd veer left, you'd go down a couple of flights of stairs. It was a big mezzanine, wasn't it? On the on the after the first flight of stairs, and we had these big profile boards there, this big profile area. And it was right in your line of sight, wasn't it? As as yeah. you walked past, and it still didn't get anyone jack shit. Every every no. now and then, and every now and then, so much effort into trying to make themselves sound whatever. And you realise over time, like the clients do not give a fuck. They don't know what those qualifications are. They don't know what that shit means. No, no. Unless you can put fucking MD next to your fucking name, they don't know what any of it means. Yeah. Yeah, and it, so I think, you know, if you look at, like, trends and all that kind of stuff, we, we've got to drop the ego, haven't we? And we've got to follow, you know, yes, the trends that are out there, but then equally, one of the biggest trends that's always existed is that nobody's going to do fuck all for you in life. You've got to go and build it yourself, and you've got... What's that saying? 
build it and they will come. Well, actually build it and they won't come. No. You've got to go and get them as well. Yeah. You, you know, it's so of all time yeah <laughs> i fucking hate that saying yeah <laughs> like, build it. if it was that fucking easy i'd i'd be a lot less fucking gray right now and <laughs> i would be fucking stuck in here every day i'd be like i built it i don't need to be here now yeah yeah built it and i can chill out yeah. now you know and building and... is the fucking easy part like yeah. you're, assuming you've got the money and stuff like i fucking love the build I love putting the fit out together. I love ordering the equipment. I love fucking designing how this shit's going to look. That's the dream part. That's the easy bit. Like, yeah. don't wrong, fucking headaches with contractors and shit like that. But fuck me. If I could just build gyms for, for a living <laughs> and fucking walk away and let yeah. someone else build the business, that would be like fucking dream job. Like, like when people say build it, they'll come like, I'll build it. You fucking find a way. You to fill it. Deal. You deal with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah really absolutely. With that. I'll just build you your gyms, give me a fucking fee, and then on to the next one because, you know, I fucking love that phase. Even getting the team in and training them up and getting them ready to go on day one, all that's fucking a buzz. And, and you know, I say it's easy, but it's because I enjoy it. The hard work starts the minute you open those doors on day one and go, Okay, all that fucking work, and we've got an empty gym. Yeah, and no, fucking no one's here. No one's here. Started with zero. Like a lot mm. of people, and not not to fucking big myself up at all, but you know, a lot of people open gyms off the back of clients they've already got, or a yep. gym that they're working at, and they go and open a gym around the corner and steal half the clients. Yeah, so they've already got the client base. They steal half the trainers. So. You've only got to steal three or four trainers and have a hundred, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 clients come with you on day one, and you're not starting from scratch. Yeah. Wrong. It's not easy, but you've got revenue on day one because you stole it from someone else's business, which I fucking hate. And none of that in LA. Like yeah. I wasn't, you know, I got, got I wasn't working in another gym in LA. Didn't have a bunch of people that I could fucking trainers or coaches that I could steal and go bring your business here and I'll do you a deal. With None of that stuff. We opened on day one with our own marketing, mm -hmm. with no one in the fucking gym. I think we had, I think we had two clients that I started with just before we fucking opened. With you know a big fucking gym to try and fill, so yeah, and a big yeah, a big yeah. rent a big rent bill to pay and all that, yeah, you know. Building and they will come is just yes, yeah, fucking does not tell half the fucking story. No, no, it's utter it's utter bollocks. So you know, I think again looking at trends across the board, <clears throat> you know, going back to what we were saying before about we we trained anyone and that was probably you know possibly a mistake and all that, but then to flip that. We were open to training everyone, weren't we? And we we never had that we never had that delusion of grandeur that uh, I'm too good for this or I'm too good for you. And as was built on customer service, wasn't it? And just helping people train everyone, train I think, everyone. I yeah, I mean, look, I don't think you can become a really good coach unless you have tried training everybody, right? Like absolutely, absolutely. Day one and go, I'm only training with this personality type that understands me and is going to do everything I, I do. Like, you know, the, the, the real world doesn't really quite work like that. And I, you know, I have a lot of these conversations with my team when we do education because, you know, we, we try to personality type, we try to give them clients that we think will suit them. But at the same time, they're having to slowly learn that we have all these systems and we have all these yeah. tools at our disposal. But just because that's working or that, that way, that approach and way of talking and communicating because the bottom line is you know, for me, good coaching is communication. 
Mm-hmm. And you only learn to communicate if you then learn to work with an array of different personalities because yeah. you have to tweak the way you communicate and the way you talk to different people yeah. in order to get the best out of them. And they, you realize very quick that if you've had a little bit of success with a couple of clients and they're the same type of personality, you're like, okay, don't congratulate yourself that you're such a great coach just yet because you two have gelled and matched really well and that's great. And that's what you want mm-hmm. more of. But mm-hmm. what about this person here that you're not gelling with? Yeah, and you're struggling to get your points across, and you're struggling to motivate, and struggling to educate, and they're not listening, and they're not doing all the things you want them to do. Do you just give up? Is that the client's fault, or do you find ways of like, right, okay, this person is not, you know, is maybe very negative. They're maybe not very confident, they may, and that's not a personality type that you're very good at working with. Yep. Well, now's a good chance to really fucking upskill yourself and try Absolutely. to learn. How to make that person tick? How can you better that person? How can you improve them? And especially because I think people don't think big picture. They'll go into PT and go, I only want to train with a certain kind of person. And then the amount of fucking idiots that I get coming to me that, you know, within a year or two of PT Gen Pop, and I'm sure you had this, like, oh, how do you get into training athletes? Just wrote it down. (laughs) Yeah, you know, just wrote it down. Do you think, and because they think all athletes are the fucking same. You're like, are it's you the holy grail. It's the holy grail. You think you've got different personality types in the gem pot? Wait yeah. till you start training athletes and then take yeah. a look at their quirks, their personalities, what they like. And depending yeah. on the level of the athlete, like you think you're going to fucking walk in and just boss that person around and communicate yeah. with them how you communicate. You or, the, or, that they like, or that they even like training. You think that they are they all like training? Oh, so you're dealing with anybody and training anybody whilst it's frustrating, whilst it can be hard work. You know, I I do value those days. I learned so much doing that. Like I couldn't in a million years, and I'm sure you couldn't, I couldn't go back to it. It fucking Mm -hmm. killed me. But if all of a sudden I was like, oh fuck, I'm broke. I'm going to have to go and get a job in a normal gym. And I'm just going to have to start training anybody again. It would be so hard because I've got, I've, I've got so used to moving away from that again. But, you know, getting back involved with, with training athletes again at the moment and stuff. So, again, it's that reminder of my job is to train the athlete. I don't get to pick and choose which fucking one. I'm not that fucking good, right? The yeah. bottom line is I'll train whoever needs training. Yeah. And we'll meet, we, we talk. I try and gel and we work out you know, hopefully the best way to um, to communicate, right? I mean, I'm training a fucking Kazakh guy at the moment. He can't speak a word of English. Yeah. Fucking good fire. I mean, this guy. Yeah, yeah so, I bet he is, yeah. If he, you know, he's got a lot of potential. And it's like, you know, a nice guy as well, fucking great guy, but we don't fucking understand the word each other says. And, but that's so really got, challenging, isn't it? That's really challenging. Yeah, it's really it's difficult. It's a lot of going back to, you know, um, visual demonstrations which trainers hate. Yeah. Doing, and you're like, well, yeah, they can't speaking. Don't fucking most most people can't understand your your fucking instructions when they do speak English, and you still yeah. refuse to to do a quick demo because you yeah, you quick silent demo, yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and yeah. And you had to do that to pass your course as well because you couldn't pass a course. Yeah, but now it's yeah, I can I can explain it to anybody because I'm that fucking smart, you know. So you know that there's skills in that, right? Like 
you know, I, I, you know, I could and I wouldn't, but like, if it was to be like, oh, fucking hell, this is too hard. They don't even speak English. Da, da, da. This kid could be a fucking world champion in a few years. Yeah. I think I'm going to yeah. pass that up because it's a little bit of hard work and I've got to learn yeah. how to communicate and I'm having to work out, okay, how can we bridge this gap? Right. And have you, all I need you to do is do the fucking movements I need you to do. Right. And if I can work out a way to, to, to explain that and do what's necessary for my role, we, we, we all win, but uh, you know, I'm not going to be like, okay, that's it's a little bit outside of my, you know, my spec uh, and all this sort of stuff. And I don't want to work with this person because of this. I don't want to work with that person because of that. It's like, well, you know, take yourself back to day one as a trainer, because when you start coaching athletes, if you really want to hopefully get some high level guys, then get working with anybody. Yeah. Yeah, you know, learn how to work with anybody because that's how yeah. they're going to refer you, um, and and put your fucking skills to some sort of test. Yeah, because trust me, you think working with Gem Pops hard, training, you know, working with athletes can be can be even harder. Absolutely, uh, but everyone just wants that because it sounds fucking good. It's like, yeah, it sounds cool. Be prepared to fucking work. I um I was smiling then a second ago because after you nailed the athlete comment just as I was writing it down, I thought you were about to nail it again because I just wrote something else down and we got pretty close. What I wrote down was comfort zones. And yeah. actually a lot of a lot of uh, trainers and coaches will talk a good game about, you know, I can do this, I can do that, I've got this knowledge, I can do that, you know, I I've got all these skills, I've got all these results, da 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 da. But you ask them to step out of their comfort zone. And it's great. Everything that you've just said there is great. Having a bunch of results with one demographic of person, a bunch of success with one demographic of person, you know, whether that's, I don't know, men aged between 20 to 30 or whatever. But you ask them to step out of their comfort zone, step out and, all right, okay, I get that you'd prefer to train men between age 20 and 30. But you know what? Today, you're going to train that person over there who's age 45, um, is is has things that you definitely don't quite have commonality yeah. and rapport with, you know, in terms of life experiences and all that kind of stuff. That let's say it's a lady, she's had three children. You might you've not experienced having children, fine. Yeah. But what she has got is two arms, two legs, and uh, they squat the same way, lunge the same way, uh, push and pull the same way, and uh, and she needs motivation because she's got none. She's tired. She's stressed. And she feels nervous in the gym. So uh, do your fucking job and go and train her. Yeah, that, yeah. You know and what I mean? And, 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 you know, like you say, what is your approach? What is your skill set? You know, I think when when I'm all for, you know, for, for becoming niche. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But yeah. I think, you know, I think, you know, becoming niche is something that you you sort of work towards, in, in my opinion, you know, yep. by a experience right unless you can just walk straight into your niche which some people can like if you if you you know are a bodybuilder let's say and you've done a lot of stepping on stage yourself and you get a you know that was your thing first and you get a a, a good reputable name and then you go into literally just prepping people for that mm-hmm. um then you can go into that and then you can stay in that pretty much for the rest of your life but i think absolutely I think like what you, I think you're touching on people that still work for an open gym stroke health club and they're trying to niche these people, especially online and whatnot. I only work with these kind of people. Yeah. And you're just like, well, you know, you're, first of all, you're limiting your knowledge. You're limiting 
you know, building and growing something because, you know, if you only want to work with those kind of people, fine, but, but then what? Then what, when you filled your day with those, where's your career going to go after that? You're going to open a gym that says, yeah, we only train 25 to 45 year old men. Yeah. 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 And a female walks in your doors and you've not made rent and you're like, yeah, yeah we can't, yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't, we don't train that women, you know, or whatever you're like, you know, how are you going to build and grow something that, that maybe isn't going to be reliant fully on a niche, maybe transformations is your niche, but that's them for everybody but it's also for every age what when someone comes in who doesn't really want that are you yeah. gonna you know which is what i do you know with us like we're, we we work on transformations and we use them to to, to get new business in and things but we have tons of different types of clients come in and they they may come in looking at the transformation but you know when we sit down we assess and we talk we, we realize okay that's not where you're at and that's not how that's not the approach we're going to necessarily take with you but we are going to get you healthier we are going to help you lose weight we are going to help you mm -hmm. you know get stronger and build some muscle but the approach is going to be very different for that person the time frame is going to be very different for that person and we're adjusting like this niche of like well i'm just going to train you the same as everybody else and you know you do see that a lot that's all they know. So you all of a sudden you've got them training, you know, some 20, 30 year old, you know, ex, ex fucking college athlete that can fucking move quite well. Yeah. And the next comes in and it's the exact same, but they're 50 fucking five with a ton of fucking broken down shit. And the program's exactly the same. No, oh, mate, and don't, you, like, you, you know, the fuck are you doing? Mate, honestly, you know, you know no names because we don't want to get sued. No names. <laughs> um, but it's great that, like, you know, big events have appeared all over the world and, and, and have got people active and got people competitive because I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with being competitive either. But, no, not at all. But now, certainly in the UK, it seems that, like, every fucking exercise program is six exercises and that's it. Yeah. And it's, the, it's yeah. those six exercises that are in these events and it's like... No, that's not that's not how you fucking train people. You know, of course you have to exercise. Programs have to be specific, right? So of course there is specificity there, but fuck me, it's got to be more well rounded than that. Yeah, apart from the yeah, fact, like you say, of injuries, limitations, all that. Yeah, I mean, I could do a whole other fucking. I mean, I'm sure we both could do a whole other podcast on specificity training on what it actually is because like you said it's very misunderstood um and if i if you're talking about what i think you're talking about it's like yeah okay so you're training for this event that's going to do these six things so that's all we're going to do to get you prepped for it it's like yeah okay you're really missing the boat of what specificity yeah. training that's absolutely it's not just doing the fucking thing you're going to compete in right mm -hmm, if that mm -hmm. was the case you know, high level sport, all you would do is fucking box. He's Why do you do anything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Box. Why the fuck are you yeah. doing conditioning? Why are you going running? Why are you seeing your fucking physio? Why are you having uh, manual therapy work done? Why are you doing all your Why are you doing all these other things? Why do you just box? Yeah. Right? Yeah, no. marathon runners. Why don't you just run? Yeah, you just just run. run. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so I, I just think, again, it's, it's the usual. It's, for me, that's just uneducated yeah. trend. Yeah. Your coach is going into, okay, this is this big thing that people like training for nowadays. Which and is great. Easy, which is great, yeah. But the easiest way for me to understand training you for that is for us to just mimic the events in the gym. 
and then mm-hmm. come come competition day you'll be prepared and it's like oh, if you don't break them before you before they fucking get yeah. there yes um yeah. and there's not burn them out there. yeah Burn them out for competition than, 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 than just doing the things you're about to do. So for me, that just all comes down to education. It's an easy, mm. easy out. I, 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 I'd compare it to back in the day. <laughs> Again, no names, but you'll probably know who I'm talking about now. Um, when CrossFit was big. No names. No names. <laughs> and we're going, do, we're going to do what of the day. Yeah. So you're getting up in the morning and you're going, okay, today's what? Because CrossFit used to have it on the app, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to load it. All my clients are going to back-to-back do what of the fucking day. Well, that's pretty fucking hard for some people. Yeah. All right, for others. And to me, at the time, and we're all guilty of it, but at the same time, it it was lazy coaching. Lazy, yeah. Lack of understanding. Lack of really understanding CrossFit fully. You know, yeah. you think a CrossFit athlete just does fucking what of the day? What of the day, yeah, yeah, yeah. And looks jacked as fuck. Like, all these people that did CrossFit and do CrossFit, you're like, there's a reason they look like that and you're doing CrossFit classes and you look like that. Because they're not training yeah. like you. Yeah. yeah. You're training for a competitive sport, which CrossFit is. Yeah. Sports, stroke, fitness, whatever you want to call it. But the the training the individual components, mm-hmm. they're focusing on recovery, they're focusing on nutrition. Yes, are they putting it together at certain parts of the week and doing it in a, in a wad style? Of course they are. But that's not all they're doing every single fucking day. Yeah. And that's why they look like they look, and that's why you look like you look. Because all you're doing is going to CrossFit class, eating like shit, not recovering properly. You know, and so, you know, training anyone for a comp where you're taking that same mindset, and just going, let's just do the events that you're going to fucking do on the day. It's fucking mindless. Yeah, if you ask absolutely. me. Again, absolutely. It comes down to the level of the people you've trained. And the and <laughs> fucking ran, probably get close to ending on this. But these are the people that then go, I want to train athletes. It's always I, those I, I've, people. I've not got enough money for rent. Yeah. And you're like... Yeah. Where are you getting that what you're doing is even remotely close to how a, how a professional athlete would train? Yeah. Um, you know, go away. And I think, you know, the problem is as well, like the, the, the actual available knowledge that's out there for training athletes is not that easy to find. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people are, uh, you know, looking at what other people are doing on Instagram and whatnot. And a lot of it's taken from, you know, the strength world, uh, bodybuilding world and all these other things and then you know they're trying to put these concepts together and go that'll work for an athlete it's like look no i could reel off 10 high level coaches that train athletes and most of you won't know who these people are you have yeah. to go out and seek their knowledge you yeah. have to go out and find these people get on their sites listen to some of their podcasts understand what it takes to really train high level athletes and what kind of things you'll be doing with them and where your hierarchy and priorities are mm-hmm. because these people actually train athletes yeah right um and a lot of these people are not well known because they're actually fucking busy training athletes yeah 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 cracking like, on are well known are great at what they do but they're all they're training trainers to train people in a certain environment um and there's only a handful that are moving it towards okay you can, you know, level one, 
we'll help you train Jeff and pop level two will move into some sort of more performance. And then if you can hit a level three, we'll start looking at how maybe you train athletes, but there's not many people with that knowledge out there mm. education wise. And there's not many people delivering courses that will really fucking help you do that. Um, you know, there are, there are a few that I know of and they're really fucking good. Um, but if you're not using those guys, then you're probably not learning the kind of stuff you need to learn. I agree. But then even then um, it all goes to shit when the athlete is in front of you and you're like, fuck, they can't even fucking move properly. I want yeah, to do all these yeah. athlete-type movements. Yeah, and they, they can't squat. They can't touch the toes. They can't bend yeah, the fucking yeah. knees and the shoulders are fucked and you're just like you know i've got some gem pop clients that train more like an athlete mm-hmm. than athlete because <laughs> right now that's not what they need i need to i almost need to prepare them to train properly absolutely sport even though the minute they're doing their sport they're fucking world class it's it's an anomaly that people don't see and understand especially in some sports. I think, you know, the college background in the U.S. is very different. So when you see, you know, college basketball players, college football players and whatnot, they have their high-level fucking, you know, gym setups from 12 years old. So in America, it's, it's a little bit of a different scene. But if you've never had that training background and you're an athlete, you can be shit hard your sport, walk them into the weight room, and it's like, fuck, I've got, I've got, I've got a high-level professional athlete who's a novice in the gym yeah and that's what you have to understand and that and you have to treat them like a novice and build them up not treat them like an athlete yeah you know Mm, right with that in mind i've got one final question for you very quickly uh you spend a lot of time you're black belt in jiu-jitsu you spend a lot of time doing bodybuilding but i've seen online you do marathon training right now how's it going it's it's going shit is how it's fucking going so i fucking started out and it's my own fucking fault ego i'm a fucking i'm like i'm I'm like 220 pounds at the moment right so i'm quite fucking heavy but i can still run my running's you know i went out and my goal was i'm gonna do a short run in the week and we do my long runs at the weekend so started with a six miler which actually did i was feeling pretty good so i did long i did seven miles this was about three weeks ago i started right my fucking feet were in bits after about seven miles they were fucked even though the gas tank and the running felt quite good i went at a steady pace yeah two i i i do my short run and at the, the um i get a little tug in my calf and i'm like fuck it it'll be fine i keep running i go out and do my next long run and i get a worse tug in my yeah. calf i fucking pull it and i'm like oh, fuck, so i'll give it a few days to recover <laughs> Last week, I go out for my short run, and after two miles, both cars fucking exploded. But my mindset, and I did it the week before on the long run, was very much like, right, okay, and wrong, but this is what a dickhead I am. Because I'm thinking to myself, well, what if this What if this happened in the marathon? Am I going to stop? <laughs> am I going to keep going? Oh, no. Oh, no. I keep going and finish my final two miles on two torn calves. Yeah. Anyway, this last week, I've just been hobbling around, so both my calves are fucked. Um, so I now so the, I need to... The, the advice is don't do that, yeah? Yeah, do, don't do what I fucking do. But the, the ironic thing is I've never had this problem with my calves before, right? And I've, I've took time off running and I've gone back to it. Like, my, my boxing coach, Chris, runs on fucking Sunday mornings, and I've jumped in and out with those guys a yeah. few times. They always run six miles minimum. 
And I've always run it, even if I've been gassing like fuck, I've been fine. So I don't know why the calf thing has become a problem and what happened or if I just overdid it. Um, I don't know what, what kind of caused it, but yeah, fucking wrong, wrong approach, um, which I will acknowledge at some point. So now I'm not taking a week or two off running just to let my calves heal and then I'll revisit building the miles again. But I'll still fucking do it. I just my problem is I'm fucking impatient. And my goal was like, right, if I can be running 10 or 12 miles by sort of January, I'll be fucking fine by Christmas, yeah. January, which I was on for. My last run was a... a when a when is the marathon? When is it? Uh, 17th of March. Plenty of fucking time. Yeah. Don't, it'll Plenty be fine. Of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be fine. Well, be fine. Yeah, I need to let my car... Like, I, I was stupid pushing it thinking that I'd, I'd work through it because now like literally like the sore is fucked now my, my right one has been fucked all week uh, <laughs> hobbling around so and yeah, as people given... can see that wasn't a scripted question so there we go um there no we go. i'm fucking absolutely because i've not really told anyone about the calves thing the only people that know are people that see <laughs> me hobbling around you have now <laughs> you have now mate <laughs> Because I started out with, oh, runs going quite well and posting and shit. And then when, when they really went, I was like, I was pissed. I was also pissed at myself for just doing the exact opposite of any advice I would give everybody else. I'm still yeah. that old, stubborn twat that thinks he's fucking different to everybody else and that I'll be fine. So, yeah, it's just another lesson that, look, you know, as much as my mind is more than fucking willing, you know, like my first run was seven miles, did eight miles of the day. Like, I'll fucking run, I'll do it. Because yeah. my mind's pretty strong when I when I put myself to something, but I just got to remember that my body's not quite as fucking willing, or my calves in particular are clearly not as willing to 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 run the miles that my brains and heart and lungs yeah. are actually comfortable fucking doing. So I have to be a little bit more patient, which for me is the the, the more frustrating thing because I'm kind of like, well, if I can run eighty nine miles now, why not run it? Get used to it. Yeah, because then it just becomes a thing. Having to hold back the miles when I know I can do more is, for me, I'm kind of like fuck. Well, it's only going to get harder. I've got to wait until I do these. So, yeah, my own fault. But I'll take a week or two to let my calves fully heal now because if I don't, yeah. I'm never going to get through it. Yeah, yeah, I do believe it, yeah. that when I start running again, I won't have the same problem and I'll be absolutely fucking fine. But we'll see. Depends how much damage I've done. Well, fingers don't crossed, my my friend. Fingers crossed. Listen, we need to wrap up there now, don't we? Yeah. Um, we we've been on an hour. Good podcast. Yeah. Um, as always, good to talk to you, and for everyone listening, um, he's uh, John with his sore calves. I'm Rick. <laughs> I'm Rick. Sat here in my coat, freezing cold, and this has been the Winning Edge podcast. And we'll see you next time. See you later. Thank you. Thank you.